0: Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. This Tuesday, Jews all over the world are celebrating the birthday, the 120th birthday of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rebbe Menachem M. Schneerson, the leader, the seventh leader of the Chabad Lubavitch movement, but in, t- in truth, A world leader. People outside of Chabad have commented that the Rebbe was the greatest leader of the 20th century, but I would humbly like to submit that the Rebbe is unique in all of the annals of Jewish history, which does not, God forbid, minimize the greatness of all the other leaders and sages. It just puts the Rebbe in a certain position because of the age in which he has lived and lives with us that makes him unique. The Rebbe's greatness can be felt on three different levels, on the breadth, depth, and length. Breadth, by that I mean the sheer reach of the Rebbe, the number of Jews and non-Jews, the Rebbe has reached and touched. The Rebbe's volume of letters, hundreds of thousands of letters that the Rebbe has sent to tens of thousands of different people all over the world, the thousands upon thousands of people that came to see him personally, and all the other mechanisms through which the Rebbe's message spread throughout the world is unprecedented. But it wasn't just Spreading the Rebbe's name and spreading the Rebbe's teachings on a superficial level, the depth, the way the Rebbe impacted people, changed lives for the better, of course. And length, that it continues, the Rebbe's influence has reached people who in turn reached other people, who in turn reached the third and fourth generation. Who knows how many generations of people have extended from the Rebbe's influence. The Rebbe might be the most famous of Jewish leaders of the present era. But the Rebbe is still an enigma. This is just one of the many paradoxes of the Rebbe. The Rebbe, by nature, as he himself said, is a very introverted person, a person who shunned the limelight before he was Rebbe and really resisted strenuously, accepting the mantle of leadership. But when he realized the responsibility he had, and at the behest of his wife, the very holy Rebitzin, Mushka. Schneerson, the Rebbe finally acceded to the request of tens of thousands of followers that he should become the leader of the Chabad movement. So the Rebbe's entire existence is an enigma. And it's one of the many paradoxes that punctuate the Rebbe's life and his contribution to the Jewish people and to the world. Which is a topic for another time. I just wanna focus on a few things that the Rebbe is so unique. The Rebbe was a revolutionary. The Rebbe is a revolutionary, because the Rebbe lives on. And the Rebbe changed the whole approach of the Jewish community from being an insular community, a ghetto community, uh, inside the house community to a public expression, a manifestation of Judaism. One example of that is the public Hanukkah Menorahs, the thousands of them that have been erected throughout the world, to let the Jewish people know that we are proud to be Jews and we celebrate the light of Torah, the light of Judaism. The Rebbe was unique in that he believed in us. And that's why so many people believed in him, because he believed in us. He saw our potential, just as he realized his own potential and always strove to go higher and deeper, he realized our potential, and he constantly expressed his optimism about the Jewish people, and about the era in which we're living, and made us feel the responsibility to tap that potential and to keep on growing. The Rebbe was first and foremost a Torah teacher. The Rebbe's mastery of every aspect of Torah knowledge, I'm talking about Biblical knowledge, Talmudic knowledge, Halacha, practical Jewish law, Musar, ethics, Midrashic material, Kabbalah, mysticism, Hasidic thought, of course. Every genre within Judaism, the Rebbe was not only familiar with it, but the Rebbe had a deep understanding and sometimes a revolutionary understanding of the different aspects of Jewish knowledge. The Rebbe's brilliance is legendary. The Rebbe's memory of every aspect of Jewish knowledge and also the same time, the Rebbe very effortlessly was at home in so many different disciplines, mathematics, physics, literature, philosophy, psychology, medicine, and so many other disciplines, mastery of so many languages. But all of that revolved around his knowledge of Torah. The Rebbe was also the ultimate lover of Israel. He had this Ahavat Yisrael, the love of of Israel, there's so many examples of the way the Rebbe went to extremes, sacrificed his whole privacy, his whole life to help another person, to help someone in need. Indeed, the Rebbe would get tens of thousands of letters a year, and the Rebbe would personally open up every envelope and responded to thousands and thousands of people with blessings, with advice, with counsel answering their questions, philosophical questions, practical questions, Talmudic questions. The Rebbe, in his letters, covers the gamut of Jewish knowledge and displayed such sensitivity and love to everyone. I just want to read some uh, excerpt from a person who the Rebbe helped with his love. The young man was suicidal, When he started being vocal about his feelings, telling anyone who would listen that his death was imminent, his fellow yeshiva students convinced him to inform the rebbe of his plans. At a private audience with the rebbe, he did just that. The rebbe listened, and tears began to course down his cheeks. After a few minutes of just standing there and watching the rebbe cry, the rebbe didn't even manage to say one word. The young man ran out of the room, shaken to the core. He told his friends that he no longer planned to end his life. He wanted to live. When asked what happened in the Rebbe's room, he described the Rebbe's reaction to his words, and then he concluded, quote, If I would have only known that there exists a person who cares about me so deeply, I would never have contemplated taking my life. This is just one of so many stories, and one other story Someone came to the Rebbe and said, why do people have such a high regard for you? They admire you so much. And the Rebbe's response was, I try to be a good friend. Incredulous, the man blurted out, a friend, that's all you do? Unfazed, the Rebbe responded with a question of his own. How many friends do you have? Oh, I have many. Let me define a friend for you, the Rebbe said, and then tell me how many friends you have. A friend is someone in whose presence you can think aloud without worrying about being taken advantage of. A friend is someone who suffers with you when you are in pain and rejoices in your joy. A friend is someone who looks out for you and always has your best interest in mind. In in fact, a true friend is like an extension of yourself. The Rebbe then asked with a smile, Now, how many friends like that do you have? And that is how the Rebbe related to everyone. Just share a personal story. When we wanted to get a blessing from the Rebbe for our children, and when the Rebbe, every Sunday, would distribute dollars for charity to thousands of people, people would line up for six, seven hours, and the Rebbe would stand there uninterrupted, just give people dollars for its charity and blessings standing all the time, not taking a break for anything. And my wife decided she's gonna ask the Rebbe for a blessing for our children. But just before we went to see the Rebbe, we got a phone call that someone in our community's mother was not well. So we thought, you know what? We should ask the Rebbe for a blessing for this person and for ourselves, because it wasn't time to ask for more than one thing because there were thousands of people waiting in line and the Rebbe was standing there all this time. So we decided that we're only going to ask the Rebbe for that person's um, medical situation and we'll ask for a blessing for our children some other time. But my wife was thinking to herself, I'd really love to ask the Rebbe about our children, but I'm not going to, at this time at least. So the Rebbe gives her a dollar and she asks for a blessing for that person and the Rebbe responds and she walks away. And when we walk away from the Rebbe, we don't do with our backs, so she's facing the Rebbe and she's walking out, and the Rebbe suddenly stops the line, turns around to her with a big fatherly smile, says, and you should have a lot of nachas from them, which is a blessing you give for children. Have a lot of pleasure, contentment, satisfaction from your children. The Rebbe read her mind, a mother's mind which, for her children, and took advantage of that opportunity and gave her the blessing she was seeking. This is just one of tens of thousands of stories. The Rebbe's sensitivity in general to the way he spoke, never wanting to use not just words that are not pure, of course, obviously, but always positive, never talking about negative things in a negative way, always in a positive way. And there's stories legendary about that as well. The Rebbe's... Devotion to the people whom he led through prayer was also legendary. The Rebbe would go in the last years, twice a week, minimal, to the cemetery, to the gravesite of his father-in-law, to pray and mention the names of the tens of thousands of people who wrote to him for his blessing. And everyone, the Rebbe would say, I will re- mention your name at the gravesite of my father-in-law. And the Rebbe did that, and he would stand there in the cold of the winter in the heat of the summer, sometimes for hours and hours, repeating the names of the people who asked him for a blessing. I just want to read from a diary of a colleague of mine, a classmate of mine, going back to 1966, Rabbi Sholom Dovber Volpa is the one who wrote this, and he says like this, Yesterday, the Rebbe went to the Ohel, the graveside of his father-in-law, and stood on his feet for eight hours in the blazing sun. The Rebbe doesn't eat before going there. When he came back, he was pale. It is a painful realization to think that as we sit in our air-conditioned room, the Rebbe stands in the sun for us. It is incomprehensible how the Rebbe does this. This past Thursday night, the Rebbe had a farbrengen, a, a gathering for thousands of people, and it lasted six hours. The Rebbe was speaking for most of those six hours until 3 a.m., Before 4 a.m. he went home and then immediately returned to accept visitors who came to see him. That continued throughout the day until 8 p.m., 10 minutes before the onset of the Shabbos, the Shabbat. He then went home for a few minutes, returned from Mincha, it's the afternoon prayer. He went home very late Friday night to eat his meal and had another gathering for Bringen Shabbos afternoon, for another four and a half hours, speaking most of the time. And now on Sunday, he spent eight hours at the Ohel in the summer heat. This is a typical weekend for the Rebbe, and there are so many other stories. How he managed to do that is obviously something that we cannot comprehend. The Rebbe unleashed Mitzvah campaigns to get every Jew to do one more mitzvah, whether it is for men to put on tefillin, whether it was for women to light Shabbos candles. Millions of Jews participated in one way or another in doing another mitzvah and another mitzvah. The Rebbe's miracles are legendary. The Rebbe's prophecies came true in in incredible ways, predicting the collapse of the Soviet Union when everyone said that would never happen. The Rebbe was the ultimate communicator. The Rebbe's teachings have spread throughout the whole world. The Rebbe has authored well over 200 volumes of Torah teachings besides all the tens of thousands of letters that have yet to be published. So we're talking about an output of several hundred, three, four hundred volumes perhaps if everything would be printed. And these teachings were disseminated. When the Rebbe would speak, there'd be a hookup that would be heard all over the world. The Rebbe established Torah classes throughout the world. Hundreds of thousands of Jews are studying Torah because of the Rebbe's initiative. The Rebbe promoted the role of the Jewish woman. Every Chabad rabbi doesn't work by himself. He works as a team with his wife. It's like having two rabbis for the price of one. But who encouraged this, bringing out the special qualities that women have and their ability to, to teach and their ability to bring warmth to other parched souls. The Rebbe strongly celebrated the power of youth. Even the 60s youth who rebelled against the establishment, the Rebbe said, channel that energy into the right way. Don't decry it, don't put it down, channel it. The Rebbe did not like senior citizens retiring from life. He wanted them to continue working, continue studying and learning, and established hundreds of classes for senior citizens specifically. The Rebbe reached out to non-Jews as well, establishing the importance of the seven Noahide commandments, which bring civility to the world and to let all of humanity fulfill their mission. But the greatest activity of the Rebbe that he promoted the most was doing everything in our power to bring Mashiach, to bring about the final redemption. And everything that he did, his leadership, which was unparalleled and unprecedented, revolved around the need to get us out of exile. So even as the Rebbe was the light in the exile, illuminating the world with holiness, with radiance of Torah, and the light of the mitzvot, of the commandments, the Rebbe was ushering in and preparing us for the Messianic age, bringing some of that light, that infinite light, into the present, and getting us to do everything in our power, to do one more mitzvah, to bring about Mashiach, to prepare ourselves and the whole world and welcoming and accepting Mashiach as our leader who will usher in the final redemption and when we'll live in a world of universal peace and goodness because it'll be a world pervaded with the presence of the one God. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.